I'll be in, begin reading in uh, verse 10. I'll read down through verse 18. It says, uh, the Apostle Paul says, Finally, uh, be strong in the Lord uh, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against uh, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think we're all familiar with levels of authority in government and uh, corporations or schools, whatever. We, we're familiar with levels of authority. And the Apostle Paul is describing levels of authority in the spiritual realm, rulers, uh, authorities, dark powers in this world spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. How many know that uh, Satan is not a God? Okay? It, we're not in a battle, God against Satan. Okay? Satan is not a God. He's a punk. Okay? He, he's a created being. Simply an angel. Okay? And I think sometimes we give him too much power and too much credit. Okay, he's simply a created being. It says in the book of Isaiah, in the end, when the curtain is pulled back, when we see Satan for who he is, we'll go, really? That's, that's really, that's what it says. We'll go, really? We won't be intimidated at all. Now, obviously, he has this strategy of rulers over nations and over different regions and dominions and then there's local authorities that fight in communities that fight in cultures uh, that that perpetrate lies that work through the minds and hearts of people uh, and, and we see that at work all the time in our news media and so forth and so on <clears throat> but nevertheless we're not afraid of him did I say that loud enough we're not afraid of him <laughs> we're not afraid of him it's not intimidating. Verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We all said, amen. You ever thought what demons think about you? You ever thought about that? You ever wondered, you know, when you get up in the morning, you drop your kids off at school, you walk into the workplace, Maybe you go up to the hospital or into a grocery store or restaurant. You ever wondered what demons are thinking about you? Hopefully you don't think about that very much. I don't think about demons a whole lot. <laughs> but I want to tell you this. They are more intimidated 
by you than you think. Not because of you. But because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You see, you may not believe God wor God's word and what God's word declares about you and about your life. But the enemy does. Okay. James 2 verse 19. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Okay. Demons know the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. They see you're marked with the light of God. They know that nothing is impossible with God on your behalf. They know that. They watched. They've seen amazing miracles. They saw David come out with a slingshot and take down a nine and a half foot giant that had been traded, trained by demonic forces for battle all his life. And David just went away and They know there's nothing impossible with God. Could we say it together? Nothing is impossible with God. Here's what they know about you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. They know that about you. They know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They know that. You walk into the store, they know that. You're a marked person. They know that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. They know that through my God, I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. It's this picture in the Old Testament of an enemy army advancing. And uh, the prophet, through my God, I can jump through a, run through a troop and jump over a wall. They know if God is for us, who could be against us? Demons know what Peter said to the man of the gate. Beautiful. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. They watched all the miracles that Jesus did. Demons know the gospel is the power of God for salvation. They know that. They have watched people literally be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light in a moment when they believed. It says in Colossians chapter 1, we've been transferred literally. Your life, you moved from one dominion. By the way, it's not a kingdom because he's not a king. It's simply an oppressive dominion that, that works through illusion and lies to oppress people's lives and demons have seen people literally transferred in a moment out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved son in a kingdom of light and life and joy you see you may not believe it but they do because they watch it happen and their only hope is that you won't believe it. Their only hope is to discourage you, diminish you, distract you.
Sorry. I, I look at this way too much too, you know what I'm saying? But their only hope is to discourage you, diminish you, and distract you. Tempt you. We're all tempted. Jesus was tempted. Jesus is calling. I hear him back there. Sorry, that happened to me at a funeral one time. It was really embarrassing. And I was the preacher. <laughs> okay. Satan's only goal is to discourage you, distract you, and diminish you, to tempt you with lust and greed and worldly thinking. And that's why the Apostle Paul, in love, writes this letter, of course, to the church in Ephesus. He spent two years with them, training them in a ministry school, a school of ministry training. They have sent missionaries around all of Asia Minor, which would be modern-day Turkey, uh, and, uh, and now in love. He's never going back there. He knows that. And so when he comes to the end of this letter, verse 10 of Ephesians 6, he says, finally then, he concludes with his best shot. You need to understand this. Finally then, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, now you could meditate on that for a week. That's enough. That'll change your life right there. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. <laughs> Could we say the word schemes together? Schemes. You know the devil has a scheme against you personally. He has a scheme against you. He's been scheming about you all of your life. Now, he's not a God. I mentioned that very clearly. He's not omniscient or omnipresent. He doesn't know all things and he isn't everywhere at once. He doesn't know our thoughts before we think them or our words before we say them like God does. Okay, God is all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent. But he does watch us. Satan watches us. And not him. He doesn't even know your life. Remember, he's a created being. He doesn't know all things. But the levels of authority that he's created on earth to lead the world astray and away from God, they come down to these little guys, these minions, if you want to call them that, that actually watch us. And they know how we respond in circumstances. They, they know how you handle things. They know how you handle your money. They know how you treat people in relationships. They know what you're tempted with. Different circumstances. They know what kind of lies that they pass through your mind. You know, sometimes you'll think things that aren't even you, but they pass through your mind and you think they are you, but they're simply a demonic whisper in your mind to lead your direction. I, I, you know, I was about second grade, I remember. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know anything. I went to Sunday school a little bit. So about second grade, I asked, I asked the Sunday school teacher. I was a real thorn in her side. But anyway, I, I asked her, well, who made God? And where did he come from? And by the way, that is not a question that you can answer nor I can answer, nor should you waste any time thinking about. 
because the Bible understands how limited we are in our understanding. That's why the Bible starts in verse 1. In the beginning, God. Done. That's all we need to know. In the beginning, God. But that question came out of my mouth, probably entered my mind from a demonic realm, and I said it. Satan heard me say it. He saw how I reacted. I went through a really difficult time a few years ago. Can't take time to describe it. Uh, both my wife and I did. And that lie, it's interesting, that lie came back to me. And I started doubting everything I believed, everything that I had worked on, all the scriptures I had memorized. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it really true? It's amazing. He watches. And I'm so thankful I went through that time. I'll tell you, I got so rooted and grounded in God's word during that time. The Holy Spirit, a faithful friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Holy Spirit just led me through that time. He just brought the reality of God's word to life in my soul in such a powerful way that it crushed what Satan meant for evil in my life. It literally crushed it. You see, what Satan means for evil, God works for good through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? We're in a battle. And we're, again, I'm not trying to frighten you, but we are being watched. Not every thought circulating in society comes from wise people. Many of them are demonic thoughts to lead people away from God. And I could spend a lot of time on that. I can't this morning. But Satan is an illusionist. He's a master deceiver. He promises you freedom and happiness, tempts you to compromise, but he leads you down a path of self-destruction to destroy your family, to destroy your finances, to destroy your reputation. He's ruthless. He's diabolical. He knows how to dangle the right carrot in front of you at the right time to snag you into a particular behavior or a particular destructive relationship that will lead you off the path. And that's why we need to be armed. We need to be armed. We need to put on uh, the full armor of God. Let me begin reading verse 13. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, I don't know if that's right now. Some people think it is. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, in the tribulation when the Antichrist requires a mark and without the mark you can't buy or sell. I don't know if that's a reference to just that dark day that comes in your life where you feel totally stripped, crushed. But Paul is encouraging us that you may stand your ground when the day of evil comes and having done everything in verse 13, having done everything to stand, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted uh, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert 
And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It's interesting to me how Paul picks a Roman soldier as a metaphor here. This is someone, of course, the people in Ephesus saw every day. I mean, Ephesus was a, a port city similar to San Francisco or New York. And uh, because of that, there, it was a, there was a, literally thousands of Roman soldiers in that city, guarding that city, in the marketplace, marching down the streets, on horses. And so this image to help them understand the battle uh, was in front of them all the time. The other, the other part that, so you know the Roman army was the most powerful army in the world at that time. I mean, no one, they were invincible. Invincible in battle. They literally crushed their enemies. And one of the reasons, of course, they could do that is the armor that they wore. They were Sherman tanks. I mean, they were armed uh, in, in a way that, that no one else could uh, stand against them. They could stand firm and they could move quickly in battle. And this armor kind of helps uh, describe that here. How God has armed us with his armor, his power, and his authority so that we can stand firm uh, in the evil day. And the first one that he talks about here in verse 14 is the belt of truth. The belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, some of us have been in a weight room, seen weightlifters, or maybe you've watched on TV, Olympics or whatever, this big leather belt. Uh, that late weightlifter, you know, they're those guys whose arms don't quite connect to their body. They're kind of, mine just go like this, you know. But theirs are kind of like this. And they have this bar that literally bends because of the weight on the ends. And they have this leather belt to help support and stabilize as they lift that heavy weight. That, that's the kind of belt. Now, it, it seems silly to us. This is new technology back in Paul's day being armed with this belt that enabled, of course, uh, Roman soldiers to stand uh, in, in, the, in the midst of battle. But that's what he's talking about. How many are thankful for the truth of God's word? Armed with the belt of truth. Now, this battle we're in, it says in verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know, that word struggle, some translations say wrestle but literally means hand-to-hand -hand combat. Cole, did you ever wrestle? No. Good. I did. <laughs> That's pretty bad, but anyway. You know, um, if, if we were going for a wrestling match here, you know, Cole would kick my clock. I mean, he'd just clean it, you know. He would. He's a real athlete and really strong. But... Um, do you see the intensity here? See, our struggle, that word struggle, okay, uh, it's translated, some translations wrestle. The idea is hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's eye-to-eye. -eye. It's personal. Okay? Satan's attack on you is personal. He's after you. He's after you. It's personal. It's intimate. He knows you. He's watched you. He saw your weaknesses when you were young. He saw your hurts from people who are larger than you maybe in your life or maybe decisions you made in your life that hurt you. And he feeds on them. 
he comes after them to kind of try to rob your faith or to hook you back into an attitude that spirals into defeat or self-indulgence or whatever it is in our life. Remember, he is ruthless and diabolical. <laughs> That's why we need to be girded with the belt of truth. We need God's truth as a standard in our life. I mean, when I'm watching a movie, I'll drive my wife crazy. I'm watching a movie or I'm, if I watch anything on the internet, it's like, ding, 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 ding. That's not true. That's a lie. There's something in that that wants to destroy faith, personal faith in Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't want to have any, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you have that gift of discernment in your life. Where you go, That's not true. That's not right. That is not God. That's not something from the, the, the Holy Spirit. And as you grow in the Word, spend time in the Word, spend time in a life group Bible study with other you know, fellow believers and just watch their walk in the Lord and, and how they're growing in the Lord. That belt of truth, I'll tell you, it becomes stronger and stronger so that you can stand firm and nothing literally shakes you uh, in, in your walk with the Lord. I was going through a little bit of a battle a couple months ago. and Again, when you're going through a battle, it's so personal. I can try to describe it to you. Frankly, it, w it wouldn't relate. Because our, our wrestles are, are, are personal. They're intimate. But I was going through a battle. And it just seemed like the enemy was having a heyday. I was walking in a cloud. I mean, here I am, mighty man of God. And preaching on Sundays, by the way. And yet just deep fears and insecurity in my soul about things in my life. And, um, you know, I, I have a few brothers that I pray with uh, on Thursdays. And I, I think it was actually before we even got started praying, I was able to share it with a, with a brother. We prayed together. He made me a plaque. <laughs> I, I love it. Put it on my desk. And... Uh, I had to call him last night because I, I, I put it in a box and we're packing things up, we're moving. And uh, we, so I packed it away. I had to ask him, what scripture was that? <laughs> but uh, it's Psalms 56, verse 9. And this, this is all it says. We'll put it up on the screen there. Psalm 56, verse 9. Uh, it says, uh, for this I know, God is for me. Can we read it together? For this I know that God is for me. That's that, a little plaque. I just look at it on my desk. I'll tell you what, just that truth helped me put on the belt of truth and crush the lie of the enemy in my soul. I haven't struggled with it since. It's been a couple of months. and I really believe there's a whole mindset and attitude change that's beginning to happen in those areas of weakness that were allowing me to come under that fog, that malaise where the enemy was subtly just wearing me down can i just tell you he knows the right time to attack he knows when you're tired he knows when you're vulnerable and he comes with in with untruths during those times that's why we have to have the belt of truth so that we can stand firm in the midst of the battle that we're facing the second piece of armor paul uses to describe how god has armed us to stand firm in this uh, spiritual battle we're in is the breastplate of righteousness now I love this one, and I know we, we all do. We've all seen a picture of a soldier with, the, you know, the metal 
breastplate that guards his heart, of course, and his vitals. Uh, so vulnerable to an arrow or, or a sword. Don't make it long without your heart. And I'm so thankful that God has shielded your heart with his own righteousness. Okay. It's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness. And he's put on us as believers the breastplate of righteousness to protect our heart from the condemnation and the lies that the enemy subtly uh, brings into our life. I'm, I'm so thankful that he's put a breastplate of righteousness, God's righteousness. You know what it says in Isaiah uh, 59, I believe it's about verse 14, that Jesus was armed with a breastplate of righteousness when he came with the vengeance of God to defeat the enemy on this earth. And it's that breastplate of righteousness. I'm so thankful that I'm armed with the righteousness of, of Jesus Christ. Now, unfortunately, even though we confess the scripture, there's no condemnation for those. Even though we believe God is for us, we still struggle. We still struggle. Some of us know how to get down on ourselves. We know how to live on the pity pot. You know what I'm saying? We, we just do. And it becomes a habit. It's a habit. Okay? 1 John 3, verse 20. Even though our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. Do you see that verse and what it means? Our hearts condemn us. And some of us are in a habit of condemnation, self-condemnation. Not a condemnation from God, but a condemnation within our own soul. We grew up with it. It was, just like, it was like a cloak that was on us. We were, we, we were always a failure. We were never good enough. And we just have this heaviness of self-condemnation on our life. I just love 1 John 3, verse 20. Even though our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. <laughs> and how many know that God is for us? He knows everything. Now, Satan watches this. He knows how to dangle the carrot. And I just want to encourage you. You need a new habit. Put on the full armor of God, the belt of truth, and the breastplate of righteousness. God will not do this for you. Okay. He's done everything for you in Christ. But you have to put it on. And that's the part of this section of Scripture. Stand firm, put on. These are decisions you have to make in your mind and in your emotions. When you get up in the morning, when you go to work, when you're having a difficult day, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I <laughs> tighten up the belt of truth when I feel condemned by something a coworker says or maybe something my boss is thinking. And I know it's not true. I put on the breastplate of righteousness knowing that God is for me. He's done everything that I need in my life. Third piece of armor that the Apostle Paul talks about, and, and we'll stop here this morning, but the third piece he talks about it, verse 15, having your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This one is really interesting. 
having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. One of the things that made Roman soldiers so powerful, so swift in battle, they could advance so quickly on the enemy that they didn't have time to retreat or, or move back. They, they wore a special boot. And I don't know if they were Nike or, you know, Under Armour. I don't know what they were. But again, new technology in the day that helped them stand, but also helped them move swiftly into battle. So let me ask you a question. How swift are you to move toward peace in the midst of a conflict? Having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. I think that's interesting because there are battles, there are conflicts all the time. You know, in circumstances, in relationships, in our family, in our community right now. Wow. So, how quick are you to move forward to quench the fiery darts of the enemy as an ambassador of peace? Reconciling people with God and moving to reconcile people with one another. How quick and how ready are you to move? Do you know that the gospel, the gospel is a gospel of peace. I mean, when the angel, when, when the angel came on the night Jesus was born to the shepherds out in the field, he said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I realize there's not a lot of peace in the world. There's more division now than there's ever been in our history. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is a God of peace. He's reconciling people back to God to give them peace. And he is always also working to reconcile people in their relationship. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, there are certain things that we can't reconcile. And, you know, obviously, you just have to walk away. But for you, ready. Ready with the gospel of peace. Psalms 119, verse 165, great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing will offend them. Can I read that again? You know, sometimes God word, God's word is outside our reach, isn't it? So we have to ask ourselves, why isn't that my experience? What do I need to change? Great peace have they who love thy law and nothing. Doesn't mean we're going the way of the world, but nothing shall offend them. Great peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you because they trust in you. And in Colossians 3 verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. I, I love that one because it has to do with decision making. That word rule is like an umpire. You know, you're out or you're safe. And one of the ways we know we're safe is when the peace of God rules our heart. When there's a sense of, it's going to be okay. I know God is with me. I have peace. How can I help you move toward peace, toward faith in God and faith to bring relationship or restore relationship with other people. I realize 
there are a lot of circumstances you're trying to work through in your soul right now wondering how. I don't know how to explain it uh, without offending someone. That's how divided we are right now. I just know that our God is a God of peace. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on out and, and uh, we're going to conclude. There's lots. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. There's, a, there's so much in these verses. I asked if Pastor Kelly would come next week and just share another perspective on these verses and maybe uh, sort out some of the rest of the pieces of armor that are there. So I'm looking forward to that. I just love his preaching. So, um, but um, I'm going to invite you to stand. There are times in our life where we don't know what to do. We're confused. And uh, I, I love what Jehoshaphat said. That he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And uh, so I just want to invite us to uh, just stand again uh, in the gospel of peace. Peace with God. Just trusting God's peace to fill us, to overflow through us, to make us ready to move out, to bring peace. Uh, so Jesus here this morning. I want to thank you for armor from God. Lord, a belt of truth that helps us stand firm. Lord, not be deceived by all the lies, Lord, that are circulating, uh, not only in our culture, but lies that are sent from hell to discourage or defeat our lives. Lord, thank you for the belt of truth. Thank you for a breastplate of righteousness, that I'm right before God. And because I'm right, I have peace with God. Through my Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Lord, and that peace, it permeates my soul. It fills and floods and flows out into my relationship with others. I thank you for that, that breastplate of righteousness. And Lord, we thank you for readiness in our life. Lord, as soon as we see a conflict, Lord, we want to move toward peace. We want the readiness of the gospel of peace. We want to lay to rest conflict as quickly as we can. Lord, we want to move forward so that we can see relationships restored by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for these things. Thank you for arming us with your very power, the mighty power of God, with truth, with righteousness, and with peace. We thank you for that.